Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie. And today I've got an interview with Darcy Sullivan. If you've been listening to this show over the years, you know I've had her on a few times. She is our resident SEO expert for the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Group and uh, done a lot of work in my private practice, done a lot of work with a lot of chiropractors. And so we have her on it today. And this is actually going to be part one of a three-part series on SEO. In this first uh, episode, we're really going to dive into the SEO fundamentals of blog writing, right? So there's more to just writing the blog and getting it onto your website and obviously distributing it. But there's some best practices you want to make sure you're doing when you do write this blog and put it onto your website and get as much traction as you can. And we're going to dive into that and lay it out really nice and easy for you. So today is part one of a three-part series that we'll be doing over the next uh, few months. So this one will be obviously January as you're listening, and then we'll have one in February and part three in March. So enjoy that. Before we dive into the interview, we are opening the Chiropractic Success Academy, the success path, which is going to drip out seven modules that are going to take you down this path. Each module's got anywhere from five to seven lessons starting with building uh, your your brand and such, and then ending with designing your life So and everything in between. We really try to go step-by-step. Step. No matter what level you are as a chiropractor, you will find somewhere on this path you can, you can uh, join on the path and then start really getting a lot of information. Uh, we talked to a lot of chiropractors that have, have joined since October when we released the success path version of this, and they uh, all found lessons within each module that helped them. Uh, some more advanced than others for that, and they and they really resonated with that. But check that out. Uh, we're opening it up. We only open opening it up every so often because we like to onboard and really pay a lot of attention to you. And there's a whole lot of other things that are part of the academy and success path. And once you do complete the success path, you go right into the full academy where there's more uh, lessons and content repository the Facebook group. We we do the CSA letter each month that you get in the mail. Uh, you get discounts to a lot of vendors that we that we recommend, including uh, your guest today, Darcy Sullivan. So uh, check that out at uh, bit.ly slash your CSA circle. The cart's going to open on that on January 14th. So you'll be able to you know register then. But if you get to it beforehand, just make sure you join the wait list and we'll make sure to get to let you know that it's opening. So check that out. We're really excited about what Bobby and I have done with the success path and we're continuing to grow and improve that. So check that out. Okay. Okay. Without further ado, here is my interview with Darcy Sullivan. All right. Welcome to the show. I have uh, Darcy Sullivan on again. One of probably the last, I think you've been on a few times, but then we're also going to, this is going to be the beginning of a three-part series. And this one is on SEO and your blog, which I think a lot of times goes unnoticed. So I'm excited to have you on. So welcome to the show again. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It should be a good series. Yeah, definitely. It's it's needed. And I'm hoping we can uh, break it down for folks to be able to uh, digest this. Obviously, our audience is mostly chiropractors. We do get some other healthcare fields and we do get some some marketers as well but uh, we'll we'll gear it towards the the chiropractor or the the healthcare person so SEO and blogs what what do you got for us right out of the gates and then we can go from there 
All right. So today I thought we would kind of walk through what I suggest as the process for when you're going to write a blog post to make sure that it's optimized for search engines, which, you know, SEO, when we're talking about that, we're talking about ranking in the free, the organic section on Google and those other search engines. Perfect. Yeah. And that's a big distinction. You know, this isn't necessarily uh, Google ads. I guess when you say search, it's, you know, it's Bing also and some of the others, yeah. but, but I know that uh, uh, Google tends to, it's almost like, uh, you know, toilet paper and Kleenex or, or, <laughs> or uh, you know, tissue paper and Kleenex. It's like, you just say Kleenex for every type of tissue paper there is. And that's kind of how it is with Google now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I did get a Bing new patient last year, so it can happen. Just one? I'm kind of surprised <laughs> there haven't been more. No, I've gotten some. I've gotten some. So, But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's more than just Google, but for the sake of what we'll talk about is just search in general, right? Absolutely. Cool. So the very first step when you're going to create a new blog post is you want to clearly define one, your goal with the blog post and to what your target keyword or keyword phrase is going to be. Okay. So uh, the reason that we want to do this is, you know, most likely you're not just putting together a blog post because you want to rank for the keyword term back pain. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you want to provide quality, valuable content to both your, people that are currently coming to your website and new visitors to your website. So you want to clearly identify that goal and then identify your target keyword. And, you know, ranking for bank back pain would be amazing, but we also want to consider to lengthen the keyword so that we're moving away from something as short as back pain to something longer, what we call a long tail keyword that could be stretches to reduce back pain or Mm -hmm. lower back pain. So we want to expand it so that it's less competitive. Okay. So you're getting a little bit more clear, definitely uh, not just trying to catch the general term, especially if you're in a a big city, it can be, it can be difficult. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you want to come up with a compelling topic. So obviously you're, blog post wouldn't just be back pain. It could be something like nine stretches to release low back pain or how to use a tennis ball to relieve your back pain or benefits combining chiropractic care and massage therapy to reduce back pain. You want to come up with something that would be of interest to, again, people that currently come to your website and to entice new readers. Yeah. And I know like historically, <laughs> I know back in the day, there were some black hat options where all, you know, the whole blog was just overstuffed with keywords and you can tell the blog was really just written to stuff as many keywords as possible, not really actually trying to be useful for the audience and not having a, a well-written blog. So we're not trying to do that, Correct. Correct, which brings us to our next step, which is to draft out your blog post without even thinking about the keyword. Because I think what happens a lot of times is people are like, okay, I'm going to focus on back pain. So then they try to shove back pain in or they're just like that part of their brain's working and the other part of their brain isn't. So you just want to just, you know, don't even think about proofing. Uh Because that is a transformation in your brain too. So you go 
from, you know, a direction where you're headed in the right direction, putting together the content to shifting it to correcting the content when you should just be a big data dump of here's what I think the blog post could be about. Mm-hmm. Oh, it makes sense. And it's like one of the things I talk to a lot of chiropractors I work with on their blogging is actually, so we do this whole thing when I work with chiropractors and it's also inside the uh, chiropractic success Academy, which is an audience builder. And it's where they get super clear on their audience and making sure that they know exactly what groups they are, the mm-hmm. psychographics, the demographics and hone in on, on really a clearly defined audience. So then from there they can figure out, okay, if, if for me, you know, a triathlete is one of my clearly defined audiences, I can then start to, I can take this audience builder that I put together and say, okay, triathletes are going to be my audience, but then these are some of the common conditions they suffer, like a runner's knee, Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, all the different ones. And so then I'll just cherry pick the condition. Okay, we're going to do plantar fasciitis. So now that can kind of develop my blog title, you know, how, you know, four ways to prevent plantar fasciitis for runners. And now I've got that title and it's obviously serving my audience. And I think that's kind of what you're, you're saying. Absolutely. And even if you can like take it one step further, when you've clearly defined your audience, you know, we, we use the term buyer persona. There's a lot of different other terms that are used, but if you think of that one runner or whoever, and, you know, you envision him as Jim, a runner of this age, you know, you put a personality to him. Then if you start to write just for an article for Jim, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier than writing an article for everybody that's going to be on Google. And and so it's a, it's an easier mind shift and it makes the words flow a little bit more fluid. Perfect. And then from there you can write the article and, and do the keywords like you mentioned, right? Yeah. So we're going to get into that. So once you have have like your first draft done, Uh think about what type of content that you could include to enhance it. So this could be videos, which don't have to be yours. Mm -hmm. They could be infographics or images. And you just kind of want to go ahead and and jot those down or related articles Mm -hmm. because then we're going to come back to those. So you've got your first draft. Okay. Now it's time to go in and clean up that draft. And there's a number of things that you want to consider. One, you want to make sure that now you've got that keyword. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you're using the keyword in your title, that you're using it in your header tags, which are going to help break up content. Okay. We want to use short paragraphs as we go through. Mm -hmm. We want to use the keyword in the introduction in towards the end and throughout without shoving it in there too much. Yep. We want to make sure that the information is easily scannable. So if it's appropriate, you can include bullet points. We want to make sure that it's just very user-friendly. If we need to use images to break it up, when we load it, we can use images to break it up. Okay. We want to make sure that it's long enough. You know, 300-word blog posts just don't do what they used to. Yeah. And then this is... A big one, we want to consider the way that voice search has changed things. Okay, before we jump into voice search, because I, yeah. I, that's going to be a, a good one, but um, what would you recommend roughly? I know it's not a perfect science, but as far as word count. 
So it's interesting because I deal with a lot of chiropractors and it depends on your location and how competitive people are in your location. So I would take a look at, you know, whatever your city is, the top three to four chiropractors that are ranking for some of those keyword terms that you want to be competitive with Uh and and see what they're doing because, you know, you're going to have some that aren't blogging at all. And yep. you're going to have some that are, you know, doing 1500 word blog post. Yeah. Um, I would much rather see somebody like I've seen it, some chiropractors that do a three part blog post and each of the blog posts are 500 words. I would rather see those pushed together into one nice long, long blog post. Okay. So I think that sometimes people think, more more blog posts, shorter content, when really it should be longer, better developed content, fewer blog posts. I, I agree with that. I think that's something that we're seeing is uh, is is sit down and do a really nice blog post, spend a little time, you, you know, maybe do it once a month or whatever it may be. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, if you did, if you just did once a month, yeah, obviously we could do more, but we're also practicing and and it's hard. But if you did one good one. That's pretty robust per month. At the end of the year, you got twelve, then twenty-four after a couple of years, and you're really yeah. building up this uh, really nice uh, blog on your website. And then you can repurpose a lot of that, which is nice. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, perfect. So, you know, as I mentioned, voice search—it's not mm-hmm. necessarily the fact that somebody's going to go over to Alexa and ask for something so specific to your website that's going to lead somebody to your website. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that voice search has changed the way we look for information. Okay. So years before, it would have been if somebody wanted to know who the CEO of Facebook was, they would go to Google and they would type in Facebook CEO. Mm. Now, our minds have changed and the way we search has changed. So we might type in who is the CEO of Facebook, which is just different. So there is a keyword tool that I love called, that's free, called Answer the Public. And what it does is if you were to type in back pain or lower back pain into it or whatever surrounds your keyword topic, mm-hmm. it's going to tell you what questions people on the web are specifically asking regarding that topic. Okay. So it's good to go in and put some of those questions, whether they're the headers and then you're answering them yep. or working it in other ways so that you're catching the traffic and the way that people are now searching. Hmm. Interesting. That's pretty cool. So you're, you're going to ask in, inside the blog you're writing, you may kind of phrase some things in question format, but then answer it like, uh, you know, you may be wondering how plantar fasciitis starts or. Yes. Or how, like, what can you do for relief or yeah. what stretches or the, you know, but, but grabbing onto some of those question phrases, I think will really help you in a way that most likely your competition isn't doing it. So uh-huh. yep. it's that little bit of a one up. I wonder if you could, this is just me kind of 
workshopping it in my mind. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if you could, because obviously we know what the benefits of a frequently asked question section on your website would be, but you could almost have like an FAQ for the particular blog article. <laughs> Maybe at the end, it's like, oh, here's you know some common questions that patients have about yes. plantar fasciitis and you could maybe write out five or six of them and have little short answers. Mm-hmm. And so the way you would want to do that is, you know, the header tag would be the question uh-huh. and then short, if you could do like three ish sentences to answer it, that would be good. You know, it's, you want it a little bit more detailed than just one sentence or yep. yes, no, that kind of a thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of thinking in my head, it's great. Cause you know, you could, at the end of a blog, you could just have a whole little section. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are some, co- you know, commonly asked point. questions yeah. in the office about plantar fasciitis. And then you just have them and then you put a little three or four sentences answering it. And that would even be helpful for some people that necessarily aren't big blog readers, but they would benefit from just skimming through that part of it. And again, that goes back to that user experience of making things scannable. Like Mm. if somebody just wants to know the answer to that question, boom, they come to that blog post, they find it when for them, for you, it's easier to develop that kind of content because you usually know what the common questions are. Perfect. And then you could, yeah, you could kind of almost reverse engineer and search what people are asking about something, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Then the next step, and obviously we're still in our Word document or wherever you, whatever you use to draft, draft things out, is you want to make sure that you run your spell check and your grammar yep. check. Yep. And we always talk about how much we love Grammarly. Yes. Saves my life. <laughs> <laughs> so big fan of that tool. And that'll help just make sure that you're properly saying things and that that's basically it. Yeah. I, I have a funny story that because I just finished the final manuscript of the uh, book that I wrote uh-huh. and, and uh, Parker University, a big chiropractic school is, is publishing it and I've got an editor and everything. And, you know, I did a pretty good job of running it through Grammarly, but the editor, you know, has his own style and I've given him pretty much carte blanche on making the edit editorial changes. Cause I am not a writer, you know, like I'm <laughs> definitely not. And it's just kind of funny. I, I reflect back on, you know, being kind of one of those stubborn kids. It's like, oh, I don't really care about grammar and writing. And when am I ever mm-hmm. going to need this? And blah, blah, blah. And, you know, kind of arguing with the teachers about it. And then looking back on it. it's like And now I, you just wrote a book. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I wish I kind of do more. But if I, I just imagine if I didn't have Grammarly, what I would have submitted to the editor might have might have blown his mind. <laughs> so. But we're all good. Luckily, Grammarly and, and him editing, it's going to make it a, a real nice book. So That's awesome. Yeah. Two great things are happening right now for Parker Seminars Las Vegas. You can still get early bird pricing, but it ends soon. And you could be entered for a chance to win a VIP package that includes three hotel nights stayed during the seminar at the Paris Hotel. You'll also receive a VIP badge that gets you access to reserved seating in the main hall front-of-the-line access for photo and autograph opportunities, and exclusive access to the Parker Alumni Lounge. Go to parkerseminars.com and choose the Las Vegas button to register now. That's parkerseminars.com. Okay, so after you've run 
Belcheck or Grammarly, Mm -hmm. then you want to upload it to your platform, whether that, you know, whether you have a WordPress or a Wix or Squarespace, I think those are kind of the main ones that your audience would be using. Yep. And then you want to upload images that relate to it that you're going to put in there. And you want to make sure that when you're uploading these images that they're sized appropriately so they don't drag down your load speed time. Okay. And you want to make sure that you use image tags. And what an image tag is, is it tells um, Google what the image is of because Google doesn't look at it and know that, oh, that's a picture of back pain or that's uh, a picture of whatever. So you want to make sure if you can that you use your keyword in the image description and that you're including that. And then that's also a good time to look through your post and embed that additional content that we talked about. If there's videos, if there's images of like infographics. And the nice thing about doing, adding more robust content like video is it's going to increase the amount of time somebody stays on that page, which is a signal to Google, hey, this is great content. Mm -hmm. You also want to, if you've cited anything from an outside source, you want to add a hyperlink but you want to make sure that that opens in a new window so that you're not leading somebody off of your website to never return again. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause I, I know I did one on golf and back pain before and I got some good information from uh, a Titleist performance Institute website blog that someone wrote and um, we did the link and everything. And and that was one thing we wanted to make sure was that when someone clicks on it, they open up to a new window and, and don't just leave your site. Right. And if you, you also want to include links relative to the content that are on your website. So, you know, if you mentioned back pain, you could link it to your on your main website. If you have a back pain page, you know, the goal being the longer somebody stays on your website, the better. Perfect. And then you want to make sure that you have your title and your meta description and you know, if you're using WordPress, we usually suggest that you use Yoast SEO, mm-hmm. which I think more people than you would think are using. They just aren't all using it correctly. Correctly, yeah. <laughs> we, we have it on our site, and it definitely can be helpful. Yeah. But explain and that to our audience exactly what it is. So what Yoast does is, well, one, it's it's not perfect. Um, yeah. But what it'll do is it kind of has this red light, yellow light, green light idea that's supposed to help you with SEO, but you have to use it carefully. Yeah. So I like it because it allows you to put in your meta description and your title in a very SEO friendly way. Mm-hmm. But what happens is it'll ask you for your keyword or your focus word. And sometimes it, like it wouldn't understand the difference between bike and bicycle, okay. but yet Google would. So sometimes people get so obsessed if they put in their keyword term or their focus keyword, and let's just say they say it's back pain, and Yoast is like, no, nope, you can't use that. You use that on another page. Oh. You know, so it's going to tell you, it, it, it's nice in the fact that it'll tell you, hey, you're using too big of words, or yeah. hey, we noticed you used three sentences in a row that start with 
the same word or mm-hmm. it, it's a good tool. And the nice thing about Yoast is if you go to their website, there's tons of tutorials and information on there. You just have to remember that it's a tool. It doesn't do it for you. Sometimes people just say, hey, I have it. It's a plugin on my website. Therefore, I'm doing SEO. Yeah. And you're not. You have to actually use it. So let me ask a, a question. Is there Does Yoast work with any other platforms or is there any other type of plugins for other platforms that are similar? I want to say Wix is the one it does not work with, but okay. I think you can use it with Squarespace. Okay. But both you know, Squarespace and Wix also have their own SEO enhancements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Yoast is acting as a plugin to improve the basis of WordPress. Okay. So the same situation, you know, you want to make sure that you're using the meta description and your title tags on yep. whether you have a WordPress website, a Wix site, or Squarespace. Perfect. Makes sense. Yeah. And then the next step is to give it a review. And when you go to publish it, make sure it doesn't stop there. Mm -hmm. The whole essence of this is ranking organically, but you don't want to, it seems like people either spend so much time putting together a piece of content Mm -hmm. or promoting it and you need to do both. Yes. Yes. Sometimes they put the cart before the horse where they Mm -hmm. don't really put an effective blog out, but they promote the heck out of it. And then you get some people that do a great blog post and they just put it on their website and they forget about it and they don't let it really work for them. And they go on to the next piece of content they created. And it's like, well, you could have actually created less content or, you know, posts and got more out of the one you did. Right. Broken it up and shared it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely repurpose it properly and get it out there on all your social media channels and email to your patient base. Uh, You know, making sure that you, one of the things I like for people to do is pick that blog topic like you talked about. And you mentioned putting video links in there and yeah, you can take some from other people, but use that, that blog as kind of the uh, precipice for developing videos. So if I'm running, if I'm doing plantar fasciitis for runners, then I could probably shoot a few videos around that topic. I could do a pre-run warm-up for prevention. I could sh- show, shoot a video on some stretches to do. I could shoot a, a video of me treating someone with some some active release technique or whatever. And then I could put those videos onto onto YouTube and then put those links into the blog. And so I think a lot of people forget those parts of it and then it doesn't get as much organic rankings either. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, we, when we talk about like planning out your content, we like to do it and kind of break it up quarterly. But if you kind of pick your big pillars and what, what content you want to hit, mm-hmm. and then like you said, group it together. Okay. If we're going to do a blog post on this, we should also do a videos, a video set along with it. And then email campaigns, social, et cetera. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, one of the things that I've talked about is that whole, I have a repurposing infographic about it, how to, t- how to write a blog and get the topic and basically have a month's worth of content if you, if you do it right. I think some people get a little scared of, of writing a blog. It shouldn't take too long. Uh, typically, how long do you feel like most people can get a good blog post done? And like, how many hours would it take total? Maybe not in one sitting, but just total. I mean, it really depends on 
you know, if you're jotting down, if you're like, oh, I really, it's so easy for me to think of these frequently asked questions regarding this topic. And if you build it out that way, it's going to depend on that. It's going to depend on, are you a quick, are you know, how many words can you type per minute? It's going to depend on how much research you have to do behind the topic. And what you can do is, you know, you can look for writers outside. Mm -hmm. And what I suggest if you do that is that maybe you don't necessarily use exactly what they put together for you, but you use what they put together for you as a first draft to help you get going and maybe shave off a couple of times, you know, some time that it would have taken you to originally put it together, the content from scratch. Yeah. And that's what we did inside of the Chiropractic Success Academy is we have a, a content repository in there, which is mm-hmm. each, there's, there's already, I think there's 12 in there, but each month a new one comes out where it's a full written blog by, you know, one of us or a member who has donated it. And then we have different deliverables like Facebook ad copy, email copy, but really it's for them to take and then add their own spin to it, not just you know, canned content. Right. And, you know, when you do the canned content, somebody's going to read through it and your personality or your location's personality just isn't going to come through. So you want to make sure that they feel like they're talking to you. Yeah. And then also, if you had a hundred of the same blog, would that impact your SEO? Yeah. You don't want to do duplicate content. There's no reason to do that. You would, it would be better to update an older blog post and revamp it than it would be to put something extremely competitive upright against it. Which is another thing that I've done is kind of like a content audit of what we did and and went through and kind of refurbished some of it Mm -hmm. that we've done over the last seven years, you know? It it adds up. And I mean, I think too, you have chiropractors that have been in business since during the evolution of SEO. So they've got some stale content that's the 200 word blog post to try to rank for a specific keyword yep. versus the higher real quality stuff that's actually driving traffic to their website. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. All right. Any other keywords of wisdom for our bloggers out there? I think, you know, if it's your first blog, like just don't get so overwhelmed if you have to, to, to get started, just, you know, turn off all your distractions, open up your word document or whatever you're going to use, set your timer for 45 minutes and just type out your ideas and your outline without getting too bogged down on, you know, did I use the proper grammar? Did I do this right? Did I do that right? Just let it flow and see where you're at. Yeah. And you'll get confidence in it. That's one thing that, you know, I've done a lot of writing, but I'm not a good writer, but I just did it anyway and kind of pushed through it. And you'll, you'll bring a unique knowledge to it. That's the thing is like, as a, as a, you know, educated, trained chiropractor with a lot of schooling and a lot of knowledge, you're, you're going to inherently be separating yourselves from most people. And so just realize, you know, a lot of good information, you can get it on paper, even if you're not a great writer, there's a lot of tools out there to do it. And then implementing certain things like the bullet points and the frequent asked questions and the images and some videos, like it really doesn't have to be this novel, you know? Yeah. So that's a big thing. Absolutely. And you have to just keep in mind that 
your readers have to like it in order for Google to like it. So you're not just going out and dumping research data. You're talking to your audience. You're one person, as we talked about. You know, you're you're talking to them as you would normally talk to them in a very relatable way, not just here's a bunch of medical terminology. Exactly. Exactly. That's one thing to do is speak a lot of times in layman's terms. You definitely have to put in some science in there, but don't make it too sciencey and and try to really speak to a person that's layman. Yeah, and use the words that they're using. Like, yeah. you know, they might not use extremity. Yeah. They, it's, good. it's true. You know, but I know that like from from the chiropractic standpoint, you're like, but this is the word we use. And so you're not you've got to write using the words they use. Yeah. And it goes back to, I mean, we have this common conversation with chiropractors. It tends to be young ones, but it can be everybody is over communication, even verbally when they're talking to patients and they're using big words and all the jargon and people are glossing over and they're not really connecting and communicating with that patient. It's, it's the same way, whether you're shooting a video or, or writing a blog or having a podcast. And Mm -hmm. so you got to really be communicating kind of at that fifth grade level with people. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Perfect. Are there any other uh, roadblocks that you know for uh, people writing blogs, something, something that you've heard a lot from people? I, I mean, one, I think it's either they're like, I don't know what to write. And when it's, I don't know what to write, what I'd like to suggest is what are the three most common questions you get asked? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you're starting from the standpoint of developing content around your current audience, think about like if there's three common stretches that you usually send people out the door with or anything like that that you just see over and over and over again that would be a value add. And then the other hurdle, you know, is if you're like, oh, I'm just not a writer. You know, there are the talk to type elements that you can do today and that can get you started if you feel like it's easier for you to talk through your ideas. You're going to have to clean them up because the technology isn't all the way there yet. But, you know, you've got that option or you've got the option of, again, you know, farming it out to a writer, but you've got to go back in and make sure that it has your personality and that everything is correct and it's not just content for the sake of content. All right. So this was great information. And I know that we got coming up, um, we're going to have an episode in February also, and this is going to be on local SEO. So basically how to rank for your city and surrounding areas. And then in March, we'll have another one where we're going to make old content new again, which is what we mentioned a few minutes back, where we're going to revive some of your old website content to improve your, your online rankings. You know, a lot of, a lot of us have been doing this for a while and some of the information just definitely needs to be revived. So I'm looking forward to those two as well. Yeah, they should be fun. Definitely. So, you know, I just want to take a minute to uh, thank you. This we're recording this at the right before Christmas at the end of the at the end of the year and and this will be uh, an episode that will be released in January, but uh it's been a great 2019 and you've helped out a lot of chiropractors that I know I'm working with and you've been a great resource for me, for them, and and I want to thank you for uh, helping out the profession as much as you have been. 
Well, thank you so much. It's a great group of people to be around. Yeah, they're good. They're good people. And they, they, a lot of them are doing very good things, very big things. And we got to try to just, uh, you know, distill down some of the, the content marketing. And this is valuable information. So thank you. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in today. Please be sure to check our redesigned website at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Stay up to date with our blog where content is regularly added by Kevin and guest contributors. You can also access our library of podcast episodes there. Go to www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com and subscribe to the podcast today. This is the podcastfactory.com.